welcome to All Talk Oncology. I'm your host, Kenny Perkins, a.k.a. The Cancer Guy. So today's topic is on caregiving. This is a subject that absolutely needs to be discussed, right? I mean, there's so much need for caregivers out there. And you think about this, how many of us ever thought of ourselves as caregivers? You know, that's not typically something that we grow up inspiring to be, right? We don't grow up as little kids and, and say, you know what, I'm going to be a caregiver when I grow up. You know, you know that's just not, that's not usually one of the lines of work that we decide to go into. And not to say that caregiving is wrong, not to say that people who want to be caregivers, some people do grow up and want to be caregivers. They know. They know exactly what they want to do in life. And that's great. I would say for the majority of us, that's not something that we thought that we would find ourselves in. And usually caregivers, they usually are family or the friends of of the people we know, right? It's either our family or it's friends. And maybe it's our parents that need help, right? I mean, it's kind of, you think about the role reversal there, right? For years, we have always gone to our parents with our questions and they were there to answer them. And ever since we were small, right? Uh, ever since we were like little, we can go to our parents and have these discussions with them and, and ask questions and there they were. And then now that we're older, there's a role reversal, Right? The tables have turned, and now we're the ones that our parents come to, and they have questions that they need us to answer, right? And so that's a little different, you know, and, and something that we have to get used to. Or maybe in our, it's our partner, right? I mean, when you form that union, you say, you know, through sickness and health. And you think, well, sickness and health, that's going to be like 30, 40 years down the road. You know, you're not thinking at that, that this can happen right away. You don't think that this is going to happen within the first five years of that union. And it can, right? And this thing, it can just happen quickly. And then what do you do, right? You're not necessarily prepared for that. You know, it's no time to, okay, let me get prepared and, and help out with this. This is not how it really works. It, this thing happens quickly. You know, you're kind of thrusted into this. And so if you're like anything like me, you know, you can barely take care of a plant, let alone taking care of someone else who needs caregiving. Right. So it's interesting, you know, whether it's again, whether it's, you know, our family or friends or someone that needs needs help or ourselves, you know, it's a very unusual and unique position to be in, uh, especially if we weren't prepared for that, right? So you think of, you know, sometimes I think about over the 20 years that I've been in this industry, you know, I've seen so many different caregivers come in, people helping out. Sometimes it's the family, sometimes it's the friends, sometimes it's people who they never even imagined that are helping. You know, and I, I think of times, right, you know, you're out with your friends, whether that's your girlfriends or your, or your guy friends, and you're out on trips, right? And you're creating memories, right? You guys are having a great time together. It's amazing. You know, you're going to be talking about these things for years to come. Remember you did this? Remember you did that? You know, never do you imagine it's going to be one of those friends that end up helping you 
on your cancer journey, right? Again, these things just happen. It happens quickly. And then you think about, what about us men? You know, us men, mm, you know, we don't necessarily like to ask for help. You know, typically we don't. Most men don't. And then now we need assistance. Maybe we need assistance with helping our loved one. Maybe we need assistance because we're the ones that were diagnosed. Like, how do you how do you go about that? You don't ask for help. And so what do you do? Do you suffer in silence? You know, does the person who you need to help, you know, lose out because you can't ask for help? Like, these are true concerns, you know, and who you are genetically. I don't want to say genetically. Who you are as a person will determine how you formulate your team. So it's, it's important. And you think about why is this topic so important? Well, one of the things I was reading the statistic and it said in the uh, International Agency for Research on Cancer, they said that the global cancer burden well, has risen to 18.1 million new cases globally. That's 18 million new cases for people with cancer. Like that's a lot of people. Who's going to assist them? Who's going to help them? Who's going to be there to kind of guide them along the way? How are they going to form their team? 18 million more people diagnosed. You know, who's going to show up to assist these people? You know, again, it's usually the family. It's the friends. So what is needed to be a caregiver? That's going to be a question, right? What is needed to be a caregiver? How do you deal with that pressure that now you're the caregiver or you need someone to be the caregiver? How do you deal with that? You know, how do you find the strength? It's not only new to the person who's been diagnosed, but it's also new to you. So in this episode, I hope you can find value and walk away with some gems that are being discussed in this episode. Okay, today's guest, we have Latoya Rucker. Latoya is a caretaker, a support system specialist, a personal and professional developing coach. And I am delighted to bring her in and to talk about what it is to get someone through cancer treatments. Again, let us introduce and bring in Latoya Rucker. Latoya, welcome, welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. I love that warm welcome. <laughs> That's how we do it. That's how we do it, right? I like that. Yeah, appreciate it. I appreciate you coming in on the show today and just kind of giving us your story. I think it's so important. There's so many listeners out there that, you know, what do you do for a caretaker? Or you know, what does a caretaker do? And, you know, how can they contribute? And so those things are, having you on the show, those things are going to be a blessing. So thank you so much. No worries. Thanks for having me. So Latoya, let's jump right into this. You know, talk to me a little bit about what it takes for a caretaker. You know, how does a caretaker prepare themselves? That's an excellent question. I'd like to share at one point in time, I um, knew three people that were experiencing cancer at the same time, which also is the first time I dealt with this particular, call this a disease or? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's the first time I dealt with this type of disease. It's kind of scary, right? When you hear people say cancer 
instantly people think it's, oh my goodness, it's a death sentence, right? So is that kind of, when you're preparing yourself, is that kind of what your thoughts were? Like, talk to me about that. When you hear the word cancer, you know, first for me, I never thought it would happen to anyone that I was close to. Mm. Kind of hear it, see other people experiencing it. But when it's from people that you see every day and talk to every day, it kind of catches you off guard. So being that I have a training and professional personal development, having a background in sports, being mentally and physically tough um, is just something that's ingrained in me. So preparing myself was almost like preparing for the game. It was like it's game time. There were no tears. It was all about just getting ready for the game, putting your best shoes on, tying the laces on really tight, you know, your best <laughs> sweatbands, headbands. <laughs> And going to those little nuggets, it could be books, it could be prayer, phone call, whatever your ritualistic thing is that you do before you go into battle. And for me, that would have been sports. Sure. So that's how I process my feelings in a sense. It wasn't emotional. It was just gearing up, which for me was prayer. So let me ask this then, right? And I'm not to cut Mm -hmm. you off about, you know, prayer. I want you to get into that. So when you keep saying, I have to prepare myself, so this is kind of like your first time actually jumping into these shoes. Is that what I'm hearing? Correct. Okay. First time jumping into these shoes and removing myself because it wasn't about me and all three cases uh, with my friends. I knew I needed to put immediately all my focus and attention on them. Learn in some instances, one case, was easy to learn about the diagnosis. The other two cases, they didn't know about it, never heard about it. So we were all learning together. And most of the time, I think that is the the journey of cancer. It's unknown. So when the person is diagnosed, everyone's learning together. And most importantly, while starting this journey, you have to think about everything from the person who's diagnosed from their perspective and and what they may be thinking before suggesting anything. Because one of the many things I've noticed is everyone's going to come at you with all these suggestions and opinions. And I'm sure it was overwhelming and can be overwhelming for them because they're still learning about the cancer that they have. They're still in disbelief that it's even happening to them, depending on what stage they're at. Just a lot to take in. Yeah, I think that listening to what you're saying, I mean, there's a lot to take in, not only for them, but for you as the caretaker. Talking about processing feelings, you're talking about learning about these diagnoses, right? You're talking about even your friend's perspective, thinking about from their end, like, how do you get all of that? How do you prepare yourself for all of that? Uh, The best thing, what worked for me is just not making it about myself. Every time I was at a doctor's appointment, listening to everything, sometimes even recording what the doctor said because your friend, i.e. the patient, is so overwhelmed. Sometimes they're not hearing anything the doctor's saying. And you have to tell them when the doctor leaves or the nurse leaves out of the room what was just said. Mm. Uh, There were a lot of times I even had to read the paperwork, uh, which I do have a legal background. So that kind of 
helped me a little bit just reading some, through some of the legalese and calling a few friends that are in the medical field as well to uh, break down some of the wording in the doctor's report in their profile. You know, that's pretty heavy. You know, I say that because you don't realize how shocking that is to that person, right? When you're getting diagnosed and you're thinking, you know, everyone is, you know, paying extra attention as the doctor is saying, but you just finished saying no. I had to repeat and go back over the paperwork and because that person just didn't process any of that. And that, that's an amazing thing to know. I mean, that's a nugget to know that sometimes the things that are being said are not being processed. Is that true? Oh, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Would you say also, I mean, not only for the patient, but even for some of the other loved ones that are there? Oh, yes. That played, for one of my friends, that played a huge part in having to relay information because although I was there caretaking firsthand, they were also caretaking and picking up the pieces at home. So a lot of the times they couldn't come to the doctor's visits or wing by for support. So having to relay information and make sure you're relaying the correct information so you're not uh, scaring anyone. Or You know, Toya, for me, as a healthcare professional, this is the piece that most of us don't see, right? I mean, as the healthcare professionals, we don't see that behind the scene. Like you come in, we give you your treatments, you know, we're smiley, you're smiley. And if your spirits are down, we try to bring your spirits up, but we don't see any of this. So this is insight for all of us to help us to see not only what the patient's going through, but also what the caretakers are seeing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, even just making sure uh, some of the nurses came in and some of my friend cases, there were nurses that were just starting. And if we weren't comfortable with that, with a few things, even asking someone else, you know, even to switch a nurse and everyone should know that that's okay. You know, that's okay. I think sometimes when you're in situations, you don't feel like you could advocate for yourself. Now you're like, what? no, I don't want that nurse. No, I don't like the way she's handling me, right? I mean, you're advocating on that level too, is what you're saying? Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, everyone's human. Everyone sometimes has a bad day, but in some of these instances, <laughs> I don't want that nurse in the room, yeah. you know, if she's a little off that day, you know? Yeah. And most important thing is just, you can speak up for yourself. You can do that. I don't think a lot of people think that they can. Yeah. I think for me, if I try to put myself in that person's shoes, I don't know what to say. I'm going to stick up for myself. I'm going through this. This person's here. Something tells me I don't really like what's happening, but what do I say, right? I think that's how I would feel. Right. And I think whether you're going through this or not, in all aspects of life, I think people should know that we can advocate for ourselves. And that's very important, being a caretaker, just making sure that you're observing and watching everything. Yeah. Because your loved one can't see all that and think about what's happening to them at the same time. I think that's so, so underrated. Thinking about what it is that you're doing as you're sitting here and talking to me about all the processes that are taking place and the thought behind what's happening. It's a lot of work there, Latoya. Yeah. Let me ask you this. I mean, Far, you talk about when you're supporting your friends, for those that are out there and they're supporting their friends, they're supporting their loved ones that's going through this. This is brand new. You know, what are some tips that you can, you would suggest for them? Um, some 
tips I would suggest? Thank you for asking that. Obviously, this diagnosis is, uh, no matter what stage you're diagnosed at, is pretty tough. So it is okay. I would suggest it's okay to allow for sadness, but don't allow your loved one to stay in that space for a long time. It's okay. Talk about what's going on. A few tears will be shed. Everybody has to get it out of their system. Let them get it out of their system. And then enough is enough. And let's put our Jordans back on and go back out there and win the game. You know? Yeah. Yeah, man, I think you don't know, right? Because Latoya, everyone grieves so differently. And if you're saying allow that person to be sad and go through that emotion. And as a cancer coach, for sure, agree with you 100%. But again, how do you know, Latoya, at what point do you go, okay, that was enough. Let's put on our Jordans or no, that person hasn't necessarily grieved enough. Like, How do you determine that? That might be my gift, (laughs) honestly. That honestly just might be something that I was born with. But you have to allow people to go there. You have to allow them to feel what they're feeling. And for me, I could just tell when enough was enough. You know, I could just absolutely tell when enough is enough. And then it's like, okay, so I would start asking questions. So what are we going to do now? What's the next step for us? to do, you know, and get them start talking. And then it slowly talks them out of the sadness. Gotcha. So needed. So needed. Right. Because at the end of the day, you have to fight this beast, right? You have Mm -hmm. to stand up to this Goliath in front of you. So you're going to go, okay, sadness is not going to necessarily conquer this beast in front of us. Go ahead and cry about it is what I'm hearing you say. Go through it. But as you put Get on your Jordans. We're getting ready to battle now. And we need your full attention as we're getting ready to go forward with this. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. Okay. I know one of my friends, I just kind of looked at her and I said, do you want to die? And they said, no. And I said, okay, so we're not going to die. So let's wipe these tears up and let's move on. Mm -hmm. And that just dried everything up. Yeah. You know, I think sometimes knowing also you know, the right words to say, which might just be the connection I had with my loved one, gives things turning around and and moving around fairly quickly. So it's not allowing them to stay in the place of sadness for long. So in that sense, what do you do? Do you put some goals in front of them? Do you have something that they're looking forward to? Like, what do you... Absolutely. A few things me and some of my friends did. We put brunches in place Mm. in advance to give them something to look forward to. And also at one point in time, one of the things they would say is that they hated repeating themselves over and over and over and over and over to everyone because everyone wants to know how they're doing. Right. You know, everyone's texting, calling. And then at one point they just stopped responding because they just, (laughs) you know, got tired of repeating everything. And maybe they were just too sick and didn't want to offend anyone. They just didn't even have the energy most Mm. of the time. You know, they just didn't have the energy. They're going through side effects. This is life changing. For sure. You know, so and then also you're going through this life changing experience experience of having no energy, sometimes stirring up, you're losing hair. And then you're also worried like, oh, I don't want anyone to be mad at me. 
because I'm not returning their call or, you know, that could be stressful too, not wanting to disappoint anyone. So we put things in place so we could have little brunches and parties so everyone could get to see the person, ask all the questions could be answered once. Sure. And so it just smart. honestly gave them, yeah, it just honestly gave them something to look forward to, to even getting out of the house, to the schedule, based off treatment, uh, your loved one, they kind of know when they have energy around a certain time in between treatments. So just, you know, them looking forward to having their favorite meal or their favorite drink that most of the time they can't even get down you know, on a daily basis. Sure. So keeping someone knowing in two weeks, they're going to have their favorite meal, <laughs> you know, that's going to keep someone going a little bit and being some loved ones. Uh, so yeah, we put little special things, even just small little parties together at their house where we would just barbecue with a few people just, just so they could feel loved and, and feel some type of normalcy. Sure. Sure. That is genius, right? I mean, sometimes you don't think that. You get so focused and so wrapped up in what's happening. But when you're talking about, guess what? You know, we know everyone has questions. You know, everyone's going to, especially when you care about someone, you're going, yeah, guess what? We're going to be having a brunch. We're going to have these barbecues. And those are the times that we can get in, in there and really talk about. And because we tend to forget the energy level may be low. They're going through chemo or some type of treatment, uh, how they may be feeling, right? Oh, absolutely. I think that's one of the things as a caretaker or loved one on the outside looking in is forget kind of, well, and you forget, I don't even want to say forget, you just don't know what's occurring on the other end, you know? So you get a little frustrated because you do care so much. And believe me, they're reading everything. They see the missed call. So you don't even know your one text message or call that day could have gave them even though they haven't responded to you, could give them the strength to get through to the next day tomorrow because they saw that you called. Wow. I mean, it's in uh, little things so, like that, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that gives them so much strength to fight and to feel love for. Like, oh, wow, such and such called me. You know, like, I can get through this. Sure. And so, you know, let me ask you this. So for those that are getting in, right, because you may not know what to say, right? I mean, as a caretaker, this is what I would ask you. You know, for someone out there that doesn't know what to say to that person, when you finally get that phone call, when you finally speak to them, talk about the issue, like, what do we do? Like, how do we go about this? Obviously, uh, I would say it depends on the dynamic of your relationship with the person and, and how well you know each other. But for me, when I got the phone call, interesting <laughs> enough, you listen, you listen to everything that they have to say, and you could hear it in their voice. And then you respond to based off what you're hearing in their voice. Mm -hmm. A lot of the times it's uncertainty. They're just telling you what they know. They can't give you anything else, but they just wanted you to know. Sure. I think one of the things that from my 20 years experience, people go, I just want to be treated the same, right? I don't, don't treat, don't treat me any different. It's, you get the sad puppy dog. I'm not saying that you don't want the attention for someone and I feel sad for you, but what is your thoughts and your experience behind that? Oh, absolutely. 
they don't want to talk about what's going on with them one day. And that's if we want to go back to one of tips for supporting, not allowing to stay in sadness for a while. Even if you're going through something else, you don't want to keep talking about the same thing, keeping people in the state of mind. So yeah, you treat them the same. You can talk about other things, whether it's their favorite TV show. Mm-hmm. That they've been watching a movie, maybe even a little gossip they may have been missing (laughs) out on in between to laugh what's going on. Because most of the time they can't go outside. So even just like what's going on, what the weather's like, you'd be so surprised. One of my friends was just like, I would do anything to feel the sun on my face because she just hadn't been outside in the longest time. So it was just like, oh, my God, it's so beautiful outside. Look what I took a picture of today. Like anything. Sometimes I would be leaving the hospital late and in one place we would see coyotes. So just like we would make little jokes uh, like... (laughs) You know, about what would be outside when I would get ready to leave or, you know, they're your friends. They're your family members. Sure. They're not strangers. <laughs> yeah. So treat important. them the same. So yeah, important. just treat them the same and talk about whatever stuff you would normally talk about. I think sometimes that gets lost in translation, right? You just, oh, my God, it's cancer. What are I doing? And we just freeze up, right? And so, I mean, this... This is great. This is great feedback for those that are getting ready to go through this journey or those that are getting ready to retake on this journey. So this, yeah, this is golden. Let me say this, Toya. So, you know, kind of cool as maybe to bring in maybe someone who you've actually, you know, caretaken for and kind of get that that feedback with you guys kind of side by side. I just thought about that right now, just sitting here listening to you. I don't know your thoughts behind that, but I think that would be good for, you know, the listeners to see, guess what? Now you have the patient and the caretaker side by side, and you're kind of talking about some of the, the things that you go through. What's your thoughts behind that? Oh, my God. I think that's a wonderful idea. I think that's a wonderful idea. And I also think sometimes each person, even though, yeah, I would even like to know what one of my uh, <laughs> loved ones or friends, how they felt about me being there. Mm. And maybe they get to hear what it was like for me being there as well. So I think this is a, that would be an amazing idea. And your listeners would get a lot out of that. Yeah. This platform is for that. And I think, man, let's do it. Let's do it. We're doing some things here a little differently, but it's all about the experience and how to go about it. And sometimes you, so many patients are going through things that none of us know. And just from what you've given us today, wow, it's like, okay, it's practical suggestions. And I just want to ask you that too, right? I mean, before I let you go for this segment, what would be some practical suggestions for those who want to contribute, what would you say? Would be oh, some, my God. Yeah, this is a excellent question. You know, everyone has a life and everyone can't give up time to be as supportive as they would like to. So some of the, the practical ways you can give help is cook, cook dinner or buy dinner for their family. Some of these people have husband, wives, kids. And with the other one away, they just don't have the strength to do anything. So cooking dinner, buying dinner, dropping it off, Mm. cleaning, cleaning houses, picking up mail, 
turn is starting their car. <laughs> sure. Driving, you know, even if it's just, a, you'd be surprised how many people have a way to the hospital for an appointment and not a ride to pick them up or vice versa. They have someone that could pick them up, but someone that can't drop them off. Even if you could just do one leg <laughs> of the appointment. Like, sure. and to think, you know, I don't think anyone thinks that they're experiencing that. You know, people still have to go to work. Kids are in school. Can, the world doesn't stop. And it's hard, so sometimes, right? Yeah, and it's hard. So sometimes, yes, one leg to the airport. I mean, not to, excuse me, one leg to the hospital. Picking up one way, one ride. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, that goes a long way. And I'll say also just a call or a text. If you can't be there, that means a lot too, just texting. Just to let them know that you're thinking about them, huh? Just to let them know you're thinking about them. Yeah. You know, it, when you hear it though, Toya, it's like, oh my goodness, it's cancer. I don't know what to do. I want to help. But in these simple, practical suggestions just get overlooked. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. And, and, you know, you dropped some gems today. You're helping us to appreciate, hey, you know, you allow for some sadness. You make plans. You maybe set up a brunch and, you know, you get a lot of your multitasking during that. You know, you're being able to discuss what's going on with that person, but you're you're also there enjoying their food and you're enjoying them, you know. And, hey, guess what? Treat them the same, you know. You talk about it, but, hey, maybe there's some gossip and maybe there's a favorite TV show you're talking about it. You know, Latoya, those are gems. Those are gems. And I think that for those that are taking on taking on this uh, this new task, a new assignment, you know, this is priceless. And then you came in with a, guess what? Maybe you make dinner. Hey, maybe you shoot them a text. You know, maybe you drive them to or fro from the appointment. And it's priceless. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, I think we get paralyzed in our inside our head mm -hmm. because we don't know what to do because we physically can't be there. Absolutely. Um, it doesn't take a lot to show someone that you care. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for joining us. And, and I'm looking forward to our next show with the getting you and one of the persons who you've taken care of on the show. I, I like to see that, that feedback too. Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. This was an amazing opportunity. So thank you. And I look forward to being back. Thank you so much. We got Latoya Rucker. Thank you so much for bringing all of this information to us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. It was an amazing opportunity. Can't wait to be back. So once again, I want to give a special thank you to Latoya Rucker for joining us on our show today. And I wanted to talk with you because I wanted to make sure you walked away with some of the gems that were being discussed. If you picked up on allowing for sadness, right, allowing that person to feel uh, what they're going through and to go through that process, right? And, you know, when we were in radiation therapy school, we talked about the five stages of grieving, right? It was, it was denial. It was anger. It was bargaining. It was sadness or depression. And then the last part of that one was acceptance. And so those were like the five steps that you learn. In my cancer coaching class, they called that the pit, right? When the person was going through that whole process and then, you know, just going through their own sadness. So for us, 
it's important that we allow them to go through that. And we don't want to put that toxic positivity on them, right? And toxic positivity by, oh, you're going to be okay, or you're going to be all right. And what ends up happening is that we don't allow them to go through that, right? We kind of uh, take away from that sadness and it makes them feel isolated or that their feelings are invalid. And we don't want to do that. So allowing them to go through that, but at the same time, not to stay there, right? So that was one of the things I hope you were able to walk away with. Another was, you know, going with them on their appointments, you know, for a person who was newly diagnosed, you know, it is overwhelming with this, what just happened in this news. And so when you're sitting in front of the doctor, how do you process all that information, right? It's like he's speaking a different language to you. So having the caregiver there, you being the caregiver, being present and being able to take in all of the information that is being discussed, is going to be priceless. You know, having goals, hope you picked up on that, having goals or celebrations along the way and something to look forward to is a very important, right? It kind of breaks up the monotony a little bit. It kind of gives them something to look forward to along this journey that they're going through. Another is the little things, right? It's the little things that go a long way. And so when you think about what do you do when someone has been diagnosed? How do you go about it? How do you help out? You know, one of the things that you can do is maybe prepare a small meal. Maybe it's a text. Maybe it's a phone call. You know, maybe it's something in, along those lines. It doesn't have to be huge. You know, the little things go a long way. And then one of the other things that was discussed was treating them normal, Right. You know, we know they've been diagnosed. They know they've been diagnosed. They have cancer. You know that. But how are you treating them? You know, treat them normal. You know, this is your family. This is your friends, right? Treat them like you normally would treat them. And I think those things go a long way. So I hope that that uh, it was something that you can benefit from. And as you heard in the episode, this is going to be a two-part series. So what we're going to do, we're going to get the patient and the caregiver back on the show and basically get get the perspective of the patient and find out how they saw the value of caregiving and how they perceive the value of caregiving. So again, I want to thank everyone who tuned in today. Here's where you will find up-to-date cancer discussions with industry experts and leading professionals that can help you in your cancer fight. You are not alone in this. We are in this together. I'm your host, Kenny Perkins, a.k.a. The Cancer Guy. And until again, I'm out.